The views on a breath of fresh air podcast reflects the parties involved, and we encourage you all to use it as a conversational tool that will lead to personal studies of your own. Welcome to a Breath of Fresh Air podcast. Here with your hosts, Earl Roberts and Nakaz Gay. As a young person, Christianity can be so foggy, like smoke in the mirrors and so unclear. But we're here to bring you a breath of fresh air. Solomon, I guess it's true what they say. And what do they say, my dear? It's that you love the Moabites less than any of your wives. But that's... that's absurd. And that's just not true. Well, why don't we get the privileges of your other wives? You're obviously upset about something. Could you please just be upfront with me? Well, the daughter of Pharaoh has her own house. You worship Astarith, the goddess of the Sidonians. You also praise Milcom, the god of the Ammonites. You even built a high place for Melech, the god of the Ammonites. But nothing for Shamash, the god of the Moabites. We, we spoke about this. But if, if it means that much to you, you could have expressed that to me. You didn't have to do all of yes, this. Yes, that's all I've been asking for since we've been married. But you spend so much time with all of your other wives. Enough. Okay. I'm older now. And I just want to keep the peace. So I will tell my attendants to build a high place for the Moabite God first thing in the morning. Thank you, babe. I knew you would come through for me. They say that love can make a person do crazy things. But really, how crazy can love truly make a person? This week we begin 1 Kings chapter 11 and discuss King Solomon's many wives. As always, be blessed and enjoy. Right, welcome back to another episode of a Breath of Fresh Air podcast with your hosts, Nikaz Gay, Earl Roberts. We appreciate everyone for tuning in. If you like our content, please hit that like button, that subscribe button, that rating button. If you're listening on a streaming platform, definitely check us out on YouTube and hit the subscribe button. And also, if you like our content, please share it with a friend. I ain't going to tell you how much friends to share it with, but you know, just share it with a friend at least. We definitely appreciate that. Um, I mean, we appreciate all our listeners, our weekly listeners, everyone who tunes in. Uh, we definitely appreciate the support. And we, we uh, I guess, love you guys. I don't want to say I guess, but it's like, you know, almost feels cliche. <laughs> it almost feels cliche to say it, you know, that kind of way. Yeah. It's like, you see, like, you see other YouTubers, YouTubers and podcasts. Say, oh, yeah, I love my fans. I love, like, my listeners and stuff like that. And it's just like, I'm like, oh, wow, I'm turning into that guy now. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, man, hopefully everyone's having a great week. Um and I mean, th- this episode is coming out like mid-February. So now hopefully like everyone just taking stock, like the year is moving by pretty quickly. I feel like at least for me, but like even this week today, I was like, man, I feel, I wouldn't say exhausted, but like, you know, you feel like you're like kind of overwhelmed. Right. But like, but, like it's always a good time to take a step back to appreciate what God has done for you, what he's brought you through, appreciating his goodness. Um, and to me, like every time I feel like when I get like, um, like, man, today's been like a long day. This week has been a long week. When I feel like I'm saying, when I feel like I'm starting to say that too repetitively, consecutively, I think I also need to start taking a step back and like just appreciating God's goodness because it's easy for us to get like, you know, so caught up in the rat race, as I call it, the the everyday life, um, work, going to the gym, doing workouts, trying to like trace your dreams, your goals, your businesses, whatever else you got going on, like other side projects and everything. And it's so like, 
it's so like consecutive, so fast paced. You're just trying to keep up and you just get overwhelmed. But yeah, man, I just like to take a step back. Encourage everyone to take a step back, take up some time this weekend when you're listening to it or throughout your day. Just reflect on God, man. Reflect on God's goodness, his grace, his grace, his mercy, everything he's done for you, every, every place he's brought you from to this point. And knows that he still has a plan for you. It's funny, like, you know, in Proverbs, can't remember where, but in Proverbs it says, like, you know, like, man plans, but God has his own, like, thing for us as well. And in Jeremiah, you know, he, that's what he definitely says, I have a plan for you. And and for me, it's just encouraging to know that, yo, even though I'm doing all of this, God has you where you need to be when you need to be there. So sometimes appreciate where you are. You definitely might not be where you want to be, but it's always good to take stock and see how far you've come from. And just know that, hey, if I've come from that far, I know I can eventually make it to my destination. But God just has me in a place right now where I might need to learn some things. I might need to go through some storms and some tribulations. It's not going to be fun, but God has you where you need to be for when you need to be there. Amen to that, bro. Amen to that. So, yeah, um, this week we are going to start 1 Kings 11, but there was something in last week's episode that we didn't touch on. We were supposed to come back to it, but we went off on some side tangents, some still good conversation. But, I mean, we talked about the woman with the issue of blood. <laughs> like, <laughs> we had all kind of things going on last week's episode, but hopefully you guys enjoyed that. But... So this week we're actually gonna go, we're gonna take a take a step backwards to go back to First Kings 10, touch on an important point and discuss it and unpack that a little bit for our listeners. And then we're gonna start First Kings 11. And First Kings 11 has a lot going on, a lot of different storylines. It's a it's a it's a packed chapter. So our aim is to get through at least half of it. Um, so we might do this episode, like this chapter in two episodes. We haven't done that in a while. I feel like, like have to go back to like those Genesis and Exodus days when you was like, you know, doing half a really Genesis was doing like half a chapter because like this is just the story. And then we I know go, how we used to learn that. <laughs> I know how we even do that, bro. Man. Because yeah. Genesis was gen- like Genesis was like so packed with like just individual stories versus now we're more in like a big storyline. <laughs> yeah, Genesis is a phenomenal book. And to get in this in the um to the individual story points, bro, like these stories and they 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 start and end like these stories of closure and then we move on to the next one. Like, man, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So um I am going to read from First Kings chapter 10, verse 14. And we were talking, this is talking about like uh the just for full, um, I guess, recap, recap. Mm-hmm. last week, biggest, some of the biggest things was the Queen of Sheba came and visited Solomon. And then we really got in last week's episode in 1 Kings 10, a peek behind the curtain to see Sol- how wealthy Solomon truly was. Excuse me. So after the, king, after the Queen of Sheba left, we see in verse 14, the weight of gold that Solomon received yearly. So this was like... Almost think of yearly base salary was 666 talents. And we converted that into like this modern day currency last week is like over a billion dollars a year that Solomon was receiving in today's modern time. But the most important thing we want to impact in this uh, section is the 666 and the symbology behind that and kind of what that means because Typically, when people think of 666, they really and truly only think of when it's most famously mentioned, and that's in Revelation. Do you have, like, which text that is in Revelation? I think it's Revelation, off the top, I think it's Revelation 13, verses 13, I don't know. I think it's Revelation 12 or 13, though. Let me see. Yeah, so while you find that... um, I'm a, yeah, so I write this. So uh, the weight of it, the weight of gold that Solomon received yearly was 666 talents, not including revenues from merchants and traders and from all the Arabian kings and governors and territories. And so you got it yet? Yeah, Revelation 13, verse 18. Clutch. <laughs> on, on the money. <laughs> clutch, clutch. So read it, re- read it for the listeners. Okay. <clears throat> so I pulled this up and. I don't know which version this was. Let me, I'm sorry, let me just find an um, appropriate version. 
And just to kill some time, the book is actually called Revelation and not Revelations, you know. Just in case people, you know, <laughs> like like where the revelations come from came from. I don't know, maybe assuming because there are more than there's more than one, or maybe just one continuous revelation. But anywho, <clears throat> uh, let me see. It's I, I'm gonna be taking it, I'm gonna take this from verse 15. He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. Mercy. He causes all both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Verse 18, here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. Yeah, so now, and so what's so interesting, bro, I just thought about this randomly. So when people, you remember we had that conversation about like, like casting out demons and exorcisms. And whenever you think of exorcisms, you usually think about this priest with a crucifix and, you know, it's some type of vampire-esque thing that's going on. It's such a dark thing. Whereas we don't think of it the way people, you think about when people leave a hospital or when someone is healed or when somebody does not have cancer. You know, when people, when them videos, when people ring the bell and it's so beautiful, you could cry watching that because this person is Mm -hmm. cancer-free. They are free of ailment. When When people think about someone being free of a demon, they act as if, you say, they, this person got the demon. You know what I'm saying? Like, for real, bro. And I feel like that's just how Hollywood and, you know, it's just how the devil just wanted to see you as if there's some such a, some bad thing, some evil, wicked thing. No, Jesus mm-hmm. himself casted out demons, but this is a beautiful thing because someone is being free, you know what I'm saying, from their bondage. And that's just a tangent. But also when we think about this number, it's like, I remember as a child, I didn't even want to say this number. As if this was some, you know what I mean? As if there's some spell that's happening. You know, but it's like read, taboo. Yeah, exactly. It's just so taboo. So even even I remember, you know, a lot of people superstitious. I remember um, I, I heard a story of family member of mine was in the States and they are um, they are they are they are um, what's it called? They are they were shopping and and their price tag, their, their um, total came up to 666. I don't know if it's $66.06 and six cents or $6.66. I don't know. There's some combination of that. You know what I'm saying? And the, the, cash, the cashier was kind of spooky. Just like, you'll buy something else or take something off. You know what I mean? Like, this is some type of bad luck or something, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, bro, truthfully, the book of Revelation ain't that. It's not like some type of scary thing bro it's like a it's like a warning it's prophecy this is hey this is what the future is like you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying this is what this is what is going to be happening in the future and so um revelation is the last prophetic book in the bible but revelation and daniel have very much similarities sometimes you might see a, a story or a vision in daniel the same vision is in revelation but it is portrayed a different way but it's the same vision and it has the same meaning mm-hmm. you know um, namely, I'm talking about um, the statue of Nebuchadnezzar, and then and that's a Daniel, and then in Revelation, they have the beast, stuff like that. They mean the same thing. That's what a beast that, represent. Oh, go for it. Yeah, and that's that, and that's what I was that's what I was gonna get into. And so I'm gonna take it from a different angle, and I, and I believe you have, you know, a, a different angle. You know, they both necessary for you to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, when, um. Remember, this is further along in the Bible than we are at now. Like, I think in the book of 2 Kings, we might kind of get to this area, but Israel was conquered by the Babylonians. Mm-hmm. And even from a historical standpoint, Babylon had a mighty empire. You know, mm-hmm. and the ruler of Babylon was Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, right? And in Nebuchadnezzar's dream, there was this statue head of gold, all of these things, right? Later on, Nebuchadnezzar taken among himself to say, yo, I gotta make this, I gotta make this statue, but I ain't gonna make it head of gold, uh, chest of silver, bronze, iron, all them stuff. No, I'm gonna make it all gold and everybody's gonna worship it. Mm-hmm. 
So that's point number one. If we go back to Revelation chapter 15, um, or ch chapter 13, verse 15, what I was saying that he was granted power to give, um, to he was granted, he was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast. That image of the beast should not hold on. That the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. And so this is a direct con this is a direct parallel to Babylon and the Nebuchadnezzar story. Nebuchadnezzar issued a decree. If you do not worship this beast, you will you will die. That's how Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego end up in the fire. You understand what I'm saying? But even you know how that story ended. It's a beautiful story. Mm -hmm. And later on, after all of this, after <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar had this encounter with Daniel and Daniel's God, after he see the fourth person who looked like the son of man in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, um, Daniel came to Nebuchadnezzar and was like, yo, I think I think um, da Daniel um, was describing another dream. I think it's the dream of the trees and stuff like that. But <laughs> he was telling <laughs> he was telling Dan he was telling Nebuchadnezzar, bro, God rules everything, right? And the reason mm -hmm. why you're blessed to be in this position is because God permitted that. You know, remember that. Nebuchadnezzar one day he walked in on his roof. He looked down and said, "Look at everything that I created," mm -hmm. and snapped just like that. God turned him into a beast. He was a human, but he walked on all fours. He did not shave. He did not shower. He could not communicate. He ate grass. He slept outside. He became a beast. And the moral of the story is, not really the moral, but one thing to note is that when men get so hungry on power, they are not able to act like human beings or act rational. They act like beasts. Men especially the kings of the earth, the kings of the world, they want to have control to the point where they don't want you to worship God. They want you to worship themselves, just like Nebuchadnezzar. He had this statue. Y'all can't worship God. Nebuchadnezzar, no. This was a pagan nation. They had all type of gods, right? He knew that he had um, cap captured Israelites, but he wanted them to worship him. You feel me? Just like that. And so now... I just wanted to paint the picture of beast, you know what I'm saying, and mark of the beast. Now, we have Solomon to make it relevant to our story. We have a man, Solomon, who was very wise. He was the richest in the world, right? Mm -hmm. He had formed many alliances, mm -hmm. right? And they were saying that his annual salary is the amount of the mark of the beast. But it's so interesting. It's like, oh, no, man, it's a man of God. It can't be nothing related between the two. But guess what? There's another man who's power hungry, who's money hungry, and who took everything into his own hands as if this he created this thing. And the reason why I'm saying that is because a few chapters from now, we're going to talk about Solomon's son, Rehoboam. Mercy. And the, children, um, the Israelites requested to him, saying, Rehoboam, reduce the taxes. Reduce the taxes, please. Rehoboam spoke to the, to the elders, and the elders said, yeah, you should, you should do that. And Rehoboam's like, oh, you think my daddy taxes was like, my taxes could be even crazier, which implies that Solomon, who should not have been multiplying his money, was mm -hmm. levying a heavy tax on people. So this yearly salary that he was getting, this was from businesses and stuff, yes, but for sure, most definitely, he was getting a lot of his money from taxing God's people. You know what I mean? From taxing the people and just being kind of like a, I don't want to call him a tyrant, but just trying to kind of being like a serious ruler, you know? No, I mean, that's a powerful lesson in itself. Like, it just, and to me, context matters. And so the context you just laid out was very important to understand in the, the symbology. Because think about this, man. This thing was written thousands of years quite literally before John wrote Revelation. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like this is like a, this is like so this is like literally the first instance where 666 is mentioned in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Spelt out. And in Hebrew words have meanings. I mean numbers have meanings and, and they kind of coincide with words, but that's a story for a different day. But right here to me, I always think about nothing's in the Bible by chance. 
And the symbology that is driven between now and even the Revelation end time 666 is kind of, it, it's, it's kind of a nice little symmetry and kind of poetic because think about it now, like for one, I was telling you like last week when we was talking about this, like, you know, some people might have in their head, like, yo, the, anti the Antichrist is going to be so evil from like birth. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But we look at Solomon, Solomon started pretty good. Yeah, and Solomon's so chill. Solomon, Solomon, like Solomon had a great reign, like so much so, like it wasn't as tumultuous as David's reign, really and truly. Like we, even we, I would yeah, say, we ain't got no scandals on him, you know. I say, like we kind of, we kind of complained, like it was Solomon kind of boring, but that's how it should yeah, be, right? But like <laughs> yeah. we, we both to get into some of Solomon's stuff in this in, in in this chapter, but um, yeah, like Solomon started pretty good, knowing what to do, knowing what not to do, but still along the way, got involved in things he shouldn't have been involved in and kind of started to lose his way and got corrupted with the money, the power, the greed. And again, like absolute power absolutely corrupts. And so mm -hmm. now we see this king who was looking around and taking stock of everything that he built. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, it's God who gave him the authority and the power to build these things. But he's saying, no, look at these things I built outside of the temple. We know he has a home that rivals the beauty of the temple. He has built all these different walls and stuff to around the city of Jerusalem. He has also built a palace for his wives and some of his other wives. These different things we hear about the, the garden of, 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 I forget the force of Lebanon. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, the force of Lebanon. The, and these, these other works that we see Solomon do, his throne room with the lions and the gold and everything like decadent. And so we know Solomon really was feeling himself. Plus, you're making all of this money that you're overly indulging in. And we're going to see, you know, you're eating these very lavish meals every day. You know what I'm saying? And so when you start to look around, you see Solomon really was starting to become very prideful. And we're going, we're going to dig deep into that. When we see, like, we talked about a couple of chapters ago, he made slaves out of some of the foreign people when God never even told him to do that. So Solomon's really starting to take, take his own initiative to execute certain things that he wanted done versus what God wanted to do. And so, yeah, go for it. Yeah, so, and it's like, it's kind of jumping the gun, but, you know, all of these things, all the things in the Bible, have already happened, all the narratives have already happened, everything, the only things left is prophecy and stuff, but, so, you know, you could you could kind of jump the gun, because, you know, it's, it's, out, it's out here, you know, I ain't spoiling nothing for real, but <clears throat> with the Daniel and Revelation par parallel, um, the statue of Nebuchadnezzar, mm -hmm. they had different medals, mm -hmm. those medals represent different nations, yep. right? Mm -hmm. One thing is for sure that they were ruled by kind of tyrant, tyrant-esque leaders, you know, leaders that act like beasts because they were so power hungry. They were hungry to be seen as a god, seen as a leader, you know, seen as like just, they just was hungry for power. And so we know what Nebuchadnezzar was like, you know, there are not too many, well, at the beginning. Because, you know, at the end of the story, Nebuchadnezzar gave his life to God and stuff like that. But <clears throat> before that, the beastly Nebuchadnezzar, there's not too many similarities between him and David. You know, David had his downfalls, but the man did not act like a beast. You know what I'm saying? This was a man of honor, you know. But I can't say the same about Solomon. But like, it's just, to me, it is so uncanny that they mention the amount of money that this man was getting in year yearly considering that he had slaves, you know, considering that he was doing things that was against the Torah to even get money, mainly mm -hmm. um, the chariots and stuff like that, considering that he had alliances with these other people. And when we get to this chapter, we're going to see some of the reasons why his he could have strong alliances with, you know, other, other nations, you know what I'm saying? And then we get to the, you know, we get the total number and it's the same as the mark of the beast. Like to me, like how coincidental is that considering one of the main beasts in the Bible that was named to be a beast. And we understand this nation was a beast, but Daniel, um, Babylon and Nebuchadnezzar, we can mm -hmm. see the similarities between him and them, you know? And then when we go throughout the other beasts, we can see the commonalities. And now not to be confused though, different, different um, nations had different beasts. Mm -hmm. the, the beast before us, the beast before this era was the Roman, was the Roman Empire. 
Now, me and the feet, which is iron and clay, you know what I'm saying? That's just a remix of the Roman Catholic Catholicism type beast power. You know, and that's something we're going to get in in depth when we get to Daniel. We might pivot it and, you know, get there before. <clears throat> I heard somebody say, like, in order to know the beast, and like he say, like, I heard somebody say, like, in order to know, if you see a footprint, right, mm-hmm. in the forest, in order to know the footprint, you got to know the beast. Got to know the nature of the beast. You got to know the nature of the beast. You got to know, you got to, in order to know the, like, if you see a bear, you know his footprint because you know what a bear's foot looks like. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so you know the characteristics of a beast, you know, mm-hmm. and, just, just completely being honest, when we look at the the way that Solomon's life trended downward, like he did have characteristics of that, although he was not named the beast power in the Bible, but we can see where he was actually, you know, leaning more towards that and being a follower of his father's footsteps. That's a big fact. That's a big fact. Um, yeah, so now we could guess, get into the actual chapter for this week's episode. Chapter 11 of 1 Kings, I will read from the New King James Version. But King Solomon, so granted, right after like reading from chapter 10, it kind of just flows in. So the end of, chap- end of part of chapter 10, we say he's multiplying horses for himself from Egypt, which, you know, we shouldn't be doing. So remember, a lot of these things right now we're going to see is in the backdrop of understanding Deuteronomy, as we said in last week's episode, because a lot of these things that we're going to see comes in the direct opposition to what was said in Deuteronomy. But Solomon loved for himself many foreign wives, women, as well as a daughter of Pharaoh. So we see he had Pharaoh's daughter, who we know was his wife. But outside of that, he had loved many foreign women. How much, you might ask? And where from? Women of the Moabites, the Ammonites, the Edenites, Edomites, the Sidonians, and the Hittites. Sound like a lot of the people God tell them to, to get rid of. Yep. And so in verse 2, the author made sure you know from the nations of whom the Lord had said to the children of Israel, you (laughs) shall not intermarry with them, nor they with you. Surely they will turn away your hearts after their gods. And so then we see Solomon clung to these in love. And he had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines. And his wives turned away his heart. Mercy. All right. So just a parallel. That's a quote from Deuteronomy 7. It says, mm-hmm. when the Lord your God brings you into the land which you go to possess and has cast out many nations before you, the Hittites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Perizzites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than you. And when the Lord your God delivers them over to you, you shall conquer them and utterly destroy them. You shall make no covenant with them, nor show mercy to them nor shall you make marriages with them. You shall not give your daughter to their son, nor take their son for for your, uh, I'm sorry, not take their daughter for your son. For they will turn your sons away from following me to serve other gods. So the anger of the Lord will be aroused against you and destroy you suddenly. Oh, but thus you shall deal with them. You shall destroy their altars and break down their sacred pillars and cut mm. down their wooden images mm. and burn their carved images with fire. Mm. Yes, and God goes on to say how um, we are, they are to be, the Israelites at the time, set apart, you know, chosen people. You know what I'm saying? And so... Once again, I can't give. I, you know, sometimes we talk and we be like, but you know, your boy never know. He might not have known. He might not have known. You know, like some of the uh, some of the judges, we like, he might not have known. He might not have known any better. Solomon know. Solomon knew better. The he definitely wisest, knew better. The wisest man knew better. And you know what's interesting? I mean, the math fact is to get read to them every day. He knew better. Right. Exactly. But, and but no, my thing. My thing is, you've spoken to God. Mm-hmm. You've spoken to God. Directly. Like, directly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I remember enough times a prophet come to, to, to David and tell him, hey, God, say this. You know what I mean? Now, David, God spoke to David as well. But a couple of times a prophet say this. A prophet say that, like, imagine, like, with Saul, right? Mm-hmm. 
you know, Prophet Samuel was there straight through to give him messages, right? Imagine if, if, if Solomon had never spoken to God personally, I could see theoretically where there, where there could be doubt. But number one, you spoke to God directly multiple mm-hmm. times. He grant you with a wisdom that you didn't have growing up. You didn't have this type of wisdom until you became king, you know? And so you have no reason to distrust God. You, you, have, you, have, you have very tangible evidence, you know, of God. And then your father, your father worshiped God, you know? His father, you know, you, come, you probably come from a long line up to Boaz, I don't know, before that, you know, of, you know, God-fearing men. Exactly. You know? And so I would assume that God know what he's talking about when he said, yo, your son shouldn't marry these people these women from these nations or they will turn your hearts away from God and you will worship idols. They go, that, that's, how, that's just how it is. God understand. God understand that the, um, he understand the pressure you would be under or the circumstance or how enticing you know, it would be. But Solomon, go for Solomon it, go for was it. so wise, he felt like, you know, I can handle it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's the thing right there. When you say money, uh, Surely they can't like swing me. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I could take this on. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like it's like when you put yourself in the predicament to get swing. Yeah. And that's what Solomon do. Like I could handle this. I don't got to worry. Yeah. God say this, but I know better. You know what I'm saying? This is what I'm about to lean on, lean on to your own understanding. Yeah. I got this. I can handle this, man. Mercy. I mean, God say that, right? But he teased when he talking to people who wasn't strong in their faith. You know what I mean? Someone like me? No, I'm strong in mine. You know what I mean? This he ain't gonna get me. He ain't gonna get me. But one thing I wanted to mention though. Go for it. So we know for a fact that Solomon married the daughter in, the daughter of the, the, the Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm saying. That's a, a um alliance. You know what I mean? You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? We see that all throughout history. Mm-hmm. Not it, not not Israelite history. Like Israel, they were marrying like family members, people close to, you know, like when when Abraham, what was it, Abraham? Abraham was like, bro, don't get my son no wife out of Canaan, bro. You got to go back to, exactly. you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you got to go to a land where they making sense. You got to go back to our own town. You got to get a God-fearing woman type of situation, right? Solomon married women. I ain't, I ain't going to project, but Considering that he married the Pharaoh's daughter, I'm inclined to believe that a lot of these women, notice he's, they call all type of, bro, they ain't even mention no, no issue like women in this world. They say specifically the Hittites, the Sidonians, the Edomites, Solomon, he making sure his alliance is straight with everyone, man. That's what I take from it. Considering this amount of power, considering this amount who, have all type of business deals in place. All the kings sorting after him. Solomon making sure he could do business and everything chill with everyone. All right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, before we close on this deal, I need a little incentive. I need a sign-on bonus. Mercy. What is Oh, yeah, just give me one of your daughters. You know what I mean? Give me the princess. You feel me? So I, so our houses can be forever. Join Intertwined, me. yeah. And ain't nobody going to cut nobody off. You know what I mean? Because we 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 com- we intertwine through marriage. Bro, we but a thousand them. though. It can't justify the number. A thousand, bro. Like, okay, that that like that would make sense if we was talking six. Yeah, I would understand. Valuable argument. I get it. Still wrong. But one thousand, bro. Yeah. Clearly, he had to be the richest man in the world. Oh. For sure, because you can't give you can't give a thousand women attention. No, you can't give a thousand women affection. No, like I'd be I'd be impressed if you could give a hundred women attention <coughs> and no affection, bro. I'd be very I'd be thoroughly impressed, bro. Bro, I mean, like, and listen, even to make light of it, but quite honestly, he can go three years, like almost three years, without seeing like, like having a different twice. lady every yeah. day, bro. Mm-hmm. That is mind blowing. I used to think about that, bro. I used to think about that as a child. I'm like, bro, when do you have time 
See, and my thing is, and still running the country. All right, this, this, right. I won't be real for a second. But... You want woman every day, bro, but you don't take a break. You know what I mean? Like, ain't no day you like. I right, chilling a day. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that much woman, bro. That have to be a daily, bro. Like, this, like eating, like this, like food to me. Like, this a, a part of this a part of my day. Like, you know what I mean? Bro, like, a thousand names. I mean, at this point, you are you even remembering names? Bro, for real. I mean, it's the wisest man, so I already put a boss on but Hey. I don't see he's so wise. Do you think this was a good idea? See, but see, see but just my thing. Just my thing, though. But when he write proverbs, it would have to be. I believe all this happened before. But I believe he write all these things. But the only thing I believe he might have written his old age is Ecclesiastes. That's the only thing, bro. <laughs> this 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 fella right here, he couldn't write no. He couldn't trust write in the no, Lord. No, bro. That was when things was bro. This this is what I'm saying. The idea of these things is whatever, right? But the proc, the action that he's doing, to me, this is implying that you are intentionally trying to provoke God. Because you not only broke his laws, his decrees, you shattered them, all of them. It's like every Achilles heel that you had, you going hard or going home. You know, I ain't I ain't doing no little sin. I ain't missing sinning. I go in big time. Oh, you say don't multiply women? Oh, I can show you multiply women. My daddy had but seven. Oh, I want like 700, 800. You know what I mean? Like, I want I want a thousand wives. And then I ain't even gonna make all your wives. I want concubines. Come on. Like, come on, bro. Like, like, wait, like what you even need a concubine for if you already have 300 wives? For real, bro. You know what I mean? Like, and then the money. 700 wives, my apologies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so the trampling the money. You're going to Egypt for horses, bro. You making, you making all this money just off taxes and things. But you going, you going to Egypt for horses too. You know what I mean? Like, I I just feel like, I just feel like this was this was like. I, like I trying to offend you, God, you know, mm-hmm. like something is justifiable, you know. This one, this like I intentionally, I, I don't rock with you, God. Like I, I, I do not, I don't, I'm not feeling you. I, I doing everything my way. And to be frank, to be fair though, I mean, or to be to add a little more context to it, when you around all of these pagans all this time, bro, they probably showing you how they doing everything your God say not to do, and they living a good life, and you thinking about it like. I don't know. This might make it. Might it might not be the only God out there for me. Yeah. And so this, and and that's what I was going to get at to next. Is like historically, if you had a large harem of women, so we see typically kings have like you know their court, but they have like these bunch of females. It was like a status symbol in ancient times to show like look how much women I could support type thing. So again, he let the influences from not only his wives but influence from the other nations get to him and. He wants to be large and in charge. I got all this money. Let me show y'all I really have all this money because I could support a thousand women and still be, you know, stunting on you guys, for lack of a better terminology right now in my mind. I can so, show you guys like I am the best king out here, no matter what. Consider the strain that this put on the Israelites. No, exactly. Because we don't hear about it until we until we're born. And this is gonna be very interesting to dive into, like how how this, the citizens felt about all of this. Shiva, come around, yeah, all the people love you, this and that and the third, right? But you toxing us heavy so you can support all these women. This ain't doing nothing, this ain't doing nothing for us. Like everybody getting money, right? But everybody's spending plenty of money too, bro. You know what I mean? A lot of a lot of money coming in and coming out, but we we get talks now. I don't know anybody who's happy about it. As a matter of fact, like the more rich people are, the more they find ways that they don't have to pay their taxes. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> and so, like, I know Solomon. Solomon, bro. Solomon is a big timer. Solomon ain't no little timer, bro. Solomon is a big baller. And he was not afraid to spend his money. <laughs> no. <laughs> Clearly. So and we see it also says like for Saul for and his wife said turn away his heart. And so now we've seen the end. 
the same thing God warned did come to pass. And now we're going to like delve into even deeper, like, okay, like how, how bad did it get? So in verse four, four was so that when Solomon was old, that his wives turned away his heart after other gods. And it's interesting, look at the Bible, make this distinction, specifically when he was old, mm. that, that, uh, that his wives turned, turned his heart after other gods and his heart was not loyal to the Lord, his God, as was the heart of his father, David. But Solomon went after the Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. <laughs> Solomon did evil in, this, evil in the sight of the Lord and did not fully follow the Lord, as did his father David. He built a high place for Shemosh, the abomination of Moab, on the hill that is east of Jerusalem, and for Malek, the abomination of the people of Amnon. And he did likewise for all his foreign wives who burnt incense and sacrificed to their gods. Let me tell you something, bro. I was reading um, that thing called Prophets and Kings, right? Mm-hmm. And I know why it's it. <clears throat> the same, I paraphrase him, she said, the same man who saved a baby from going to the wrong mother, you know, who makes sure this baby going to the to the right mother, who cared mm. that much, was now erecting altars for child sacrifices. And I was like, what? What you talking about? Right? So now I'm about to read something um, real quick. Um, Leviticus 20, verse 2 to 5, it says, Again, you shall say to the children of Israel, whoever of the children of Israel or of the strangers who dwell in Israel, who gives any of his descendants to Molech, he shall surely be put to death. The people of the land shall stone him with stones. I will set my face against that man and will cut him off from his people because he has given some of his descendants to Molech to defile my sanctuary and profane my name. And if the people of the land should in any way hide their eyes from the man, when he gives some of his descendants to the neck, and they do not kill him, then I will set my face against that man and against his family, and I will cut him off from his people and all who prostitute themselves with him to commit harlotry with Malak. So um, this Leviticus 20, where they're talking about how Malak, the God, people offered child sacrifices and God was basically saying how much of an abomination, and you got to stone people who who given their children to Malak. Now, I don't say that Solomon gave any children, right? But you know what it say? Solomon built an altar, altar. for, for mm-hmm. Malak. Now, I can tell you for a fuck what used to be happening on altars to Malak. Now, I ain't saying for a fuck that has happened on that altar that he built, but I telling you what God say about when people given over to Malak. Malak like children. You see what I'm saying? That's what, that, that's what people is given to that God. You know? and, and, and I mean, just look at the context from the Bible. Realize they only really refer to one as a goddess, but everything else was just a straight up abomination. Mm-hmm. You know, because usually when they say like, they say Baal or like Baal was like, you know, the, the, the gods of the whoever, small G or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Shemoth, abomination. Malak, mm-hmm. abomination. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like, they was like, it was even playing around like no Solomon. This was in no. Hey, you turn away from me, but you gone to you gone like to the furthest extreme you could go. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's interesting too. I mean, because you know, it's a common misconception that as you get older, you get wiser, right? Yeah. But we could clearly see Solomon was wiser in his younger years than his older <laughs> years. I mean, and I even try to be funny with it. Yeah, yeah. Because age funny, doesn't automatically thing, but... equate to wisdom. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because some like. You, you, who was young and wasn't doing these things, because you definitely knew better. Now, in your old age, you want to come and do fool. You ever see like you ever see an old timer who is like in their old ages when they decide they don't want like follow Christ no more and they want to leave the church and stuff. And I just be like, I get it. Like I mean, I don't. I, I would say I, I get it, right? But I'm like, now is the time when you want to do foolishness. Like at the end of your life, when you, to me, I feel like it's the time we're supposed to be trying to, trying to be getting right. You know what I'm saying? Like he's supposed to be, this is the time when he's supposed to be taking stock. Like, 
you know, Lord, maybe I really don't need these wives. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like all of them, yeah, I, I, I overdid it. And and it's interesting too, man, because like the Bible say, he didn't wholly follow after God like his father David, right? Mm-hmm. And like the last time we really hear that, like that that that, that specific terminology was in Numbers, referring to like Joshua and Caleb when they was like fully falling off the God and they was like doing what was like, you know, they was eating, they was zealous for God. Everyone was like, no, 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 we shouldn't be doing what we like, like we, we don't need to enter the promise on and that kind of stuff. And Joshua and Caleb was like, no, no, we like, no, we really should be doing this mm-hmm. type thing. But that was like the last time. And, and it's a contrast here because we see like, again, we gave David a lot of flack because he know we, what he did was wrong. But we see in the Bible making a big distinction here. David's heart was wholly after God. You know what I'm saying? So even when he was doing wrong, like we always showed, David would do wrong, but he would say, Bo, I need to repent. I would suffer the consequences as much as I hate them. But I still know I I, I, I could be right with God at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Solomon, on the other hand, was not like his father, David. <laughs> He was no. quite honestly like his brothers. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. But it's, it's kind of interesting though, because we don't know that any of David's children really. I mean, I can't even say because depending on where you are in Solomon's story, you would call him a man of God. You know what I mean? Um, I I do believe though that Solomon. You know, last week we we started to talk about how. You know, knowing wisdom, having wisdom is one thing, but being wise or putting that those this, these thoughts into action is another thing. You know, I might know that if I eat this, if I cheat on my diet, it's the the outcome is gonna have and it's gonna set me back on my goals. You know, but I might be like, ah, that, I still want to do that. I want this cheesecake now. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like knowing and doing two different things. So. He was wise, Solomon was wise in that he knew, but he did not do, you know? And I do believe that. All right, so I think about every singer. That's a phenomenal singer. And I picked singing because it's a gift that you could tell that it's a gift. You know, you practice singing all through your life, but for the most part, you're born. Like people who could sing like crazy, like the best singers you ever heard, they're born with a gift already. That's a gift because you didn't earn this. You know, you didn't work mm-hmm. to do this. It's not like it's not like a muscle where you work it. I mean, your larynx is a muscle, but it's not like like certain sports where you have to like like um golfing, you gotta perfect your your stroke and your you know your form and all that. You born with a gift, even you know, you might have worked on it or whatever. But a lot of our favorite singers after a while, I don't know if they forget that they have a gift, but you know, it becomes about them. Or most most artists, most people with talents, it becomes about them. They don't remember or they don't acknowledge that this was given to me from God. You know, it's almost as if like, oh, I don't know, this is just how I was built, you know what I'm saying? I'm mm-hmm. like, I just I just lucky. Like it almost as if it, it didn't come from God, but just it's just it's just life, you know what I'm saying? I got something you don't got, you got something I don't got, it is what it is, mine just so happen to be singing. But Solomon, I believe, he got to a point where his his um wisdom and he know that if I come with a plan it's going to work because I'm so smart you know and he's stopped having to rely on God because he didn't have a need for God everything that I needed I can handle you know and it caused him not to be humble and then Solomon I don't know like to me it's dumb for you to be worshiping idols right but at the end of the day as wise as Solomon is was I don't believe that he was more wise than the devil to be completely honest and I ain't lying in the plane I, I still just talking and like I ain't trying to you know what I mean no I got I you think, I got you because I got something I, I want to say after that too but keep going yeah I don't think he was wiser than the devil you feel me angels are still some more superior beings than humans and the only way you can beat the devil is to God if you go one-on-one the devil with the devil I don't care who you are you're gonna lose you know what I'm saying so I believe Solomon started straight away from God thinking I, I can handle everything because I'm so smart. And then the devil started hitting him with things that was above his mental capacity and his pay grade. 
you know? Like, for, like, because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, we wrestle against demonic powers, bro. You feel me? Principalities, like spiritual wickedness in high places, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. so Solomon might have Solomon might have linked up with a woman. She might have been worse than the witch at end all. She might have been talking to spirits one-on-one, and the spirits come out and talk to Solomon and tell Solomon all of this and that. Bro, among people who worship the devil in, in whatever form or religion, they believe that you can pick a side, that Jesus is a being and the devil is a being. You know what I'm saying? And we, bro, it's like we wrestle against good and evil every day. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people in the world, especially there's a lot of people who don't speak about this, who believe that the evil is just an alternative form of good and you can pick either or. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like some, that's it go down the spirits. Like a lot of people, young people, they want to do the tarot card, they want to do the palm reading, they want to do the chakras, they want to do all these things because they're inviting good spirits. You know what I mean? They ain't really thinking about the fact that one spirit, the Holy Spirit, and then God are telling you these things are abominable and these are the people <laughs> who actually created everything. You know what I mean? They ain't considering that. They're just saying, hey, you can go with this side, you can go with that side. And so Solomon probably, I believe, got introduced to these different spirits and different gods, polytheism from these pagans, and they end up hitting him with something that actually kind of makes sense in his, in his too smart brain. And then he started to think, you know, Jesus, them, they, they cool and all. But these people, they cool too. The, the, the demons and all them, they cool too. And everything I ask for, they could, they could give it to me too. Mm-hmm. And I think he probably ended up picking a side, like, well, yeah, I could, I could worship them, and I could do these things. Or, because you see these things working, I ain't gonna stand there and say, ain't nothing the devil do. Um, everything the devil do fails. No, it's plenty of things the devil do, and it, and it comes to pass. Like, like people who casting spells and doing all type of witchcraft and things like that. But I don't want us to think for a second that these things are fake. They are not fake. You know what I'm saying? And biblically, I can show you that. Because mm-hmm. when, when Moses gone to, when Moses was throwing on a staff, his turned into a snake. That was from God. But the but the other magi- magicians, they throw on a snake, they saw too, and that surely did turn to a snake. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Someone who's more inclined to already believe in the, the dark magic or the paganism, they might say, see, our gods is our gods co- cool too. You know? And somewhere along the line, these things was convincing enough for Solomon to say, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll try them out too. I'll try it out. You know. Agreed. I want to, before I say what I got to say, let's just finish off this little, like, I guess five more verses, then we could just start landing the plane from there. Mm-hmm. So, keeping up in verse nine, so the Lord became angry with Solomon, I mean, as we would naturally expect, because his heart had turned away from the Lord God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. I just love how this chapter just keeps on reaffirming everything that we should already know at this point, too. Mm-hmm. And had commanded him concerning this thing that he should not go after the other gods. But he did not keep what the Lord had commanded. Therefore, the Lord said to Solomon, because you have done this and have not kept my covenant and my statutes, which I have commanded you, I will surely tear away the kingdom from you and give it to your servant. Nevertheless, I will not do it in your days for the sake of your father, David. I will tear it out of the hand of your son. We see how much respect and love God's lot for David. David dead and gone. You know what I'm saying? And this God Almighty. You know and what I'm Solomon saying? Deserves, and Solomon deserves punishment. Exactly. And this these even go back to like God being just long-suffering. He said, mm-hmm. anyway, he said, I, I let you know what will happen after you die because of what you did. Mm-hmm. That's the whole, that's the next discussion too. But anyway, in this last verse, however, I will not tear away the whole kingdom. I will give one tribe to your son for the sake of my servant, David, and for the sake of Jerusalem, which I have chosen. So for this week, we're going to end the reading right there we're gonna pick up in next week's episode with the rest of uh second i mean first, first kings, kings 11 11. but there's some of the things i wanted to say on, on even the, the previous thing right um i mean just look at it all like in totality since we already finished reading the end like the power of <laughs> sin specifically lust but sin in general because sin would have you doing things you never expected to be doing because you think you wouldn't be able to befall to the sin. And we see a lot of the patriarchs, a lot of the uh, people we study in the Bible have 
found themselves in similar circumstances where they didn't think they would be here, but because of sin and leaning onto their own understanding, they found themselves there. And think about it, man. Solomon, we're going to get to his death probably next episode, right? But Solomon died around the age of 60 historically. He reigned for about 40 years. And we know these things happened in his old age. So what I'm saying is you don't accumulate a thousand wives in a year. No. <laughs> these wives were accumulation, but they were building up over time. But they didn't affect him until his old age. Mm. And it's like the so it's it's not it's not just the buildup, but again, Solomon playing tic-tac-toe and the devil playing 3D chess. Right. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You think you're so wise, but the devil just slowly stocking the pawns on his side saying, all right, this one going to get him in about 25 years. Mm -hmm. This one going to get him in 30. Yep. This one going to get him in 35. Before he knows it, he has probably, and to your point earlier, how much of these people were Israelites? Let's just say, give him, give him the fair benefit of the doubt. Let's just say he had a hundred Israelite wives. And I think that might even be an exaggeration because the Bible made sure to emphasize how many wives of different nations he had. Let's mm -hmm. say he had a hundred Israelite wives. That means he still had 900 foreign influences that were still loyal to their culture, still mm -hmm. loyal to their gods. And he had them in his household. Mm -hmm. So buddy, quite honestly, you're outnumbered in your own house. Mm -hmm. And so now you older. You know, when you get older, shoot, we still in our 20s and certain, certain things, you don't want to hear too much argument and fussing and then you're like, all right, whatever, 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 whatever. Yeah, build you an altar, shoot, let's go, let, let's go over here in this hill and build you an altar. That's, that's what you want? Yeah. So you, sure. Cool. Yeah. And so imagine all this nagging, and, and I am not making excuses for Solomon, right? No. I'm just painting the picture, sir, in his old age was when the devil planted these pawns from his young age to affect him in his old age to know that, hey, again... We was talking about Saul, how happy the devil was when he could have the leader of the Israelite nation mm. bowing down to him mm. in the witch end all. Now think mm -hmm. about this. The leader of the Israelite nation is sacrificing to multiple gods now. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Who, who, who believed in leading the nation to worship the one true God? And now you're not only just worshiping Ashtoreth, you're worshiping Shemoth and Molech and mm. doing child sacrifices as the leader of the Israelite nation of the one true people. Come on now. So now you find yourself in a place where we we know we carry David way hard for, for his adulterous lifestyle. But David never, ever no. worshipped another god. No. You know what I'm saying? Because David knew how much of an abomination that would be to God. And David, I mean, did he? I mean, he had 15 wives. I know some of them were like not from Israel either. But he ain't had a thousand. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then again, he still never, like he never like bowed down to any other foreign entity. You know what I'm saying? David was out there killing them. I mean, that's just full transparency. But mm -hmm. Solomon, again, the leader, like, because I just want to paint the picture, like how grave of a sin this was for him to be doing it. Old age is an excuse, but that just shows the power of the devil and the power of sin. To your point, a lot of people don't give the devil the credit he deserves. And we know our God is more powerful, but we need God to conquer the devil. Right. We can't conquer the devil on ourselves. And as some people say, we are gods. Okay, whatever. But you can't forgive your own sins. So how much of a power is that? Right. Just saying. Right. And but that's a whole different conversation. I know. I, was, I know. I was reading that chapter in Ezekiel where God was saying, oh, you are gods, right? But when I, when I send people to kill you, will you still be a god because you are mortal? You know what I mean? We can't resurrect ourselves. You know what I mean? Bro, if you are god, you are immortal, bro. Like straight up, you know? And the thing about Solomon, Solomon, he, he know it all. You know what I mean? He got all the money, this and that and the third. But when it hit the farm, God tell him, bro, only because of your father, only because of David, I even sparing you, bro. And you actually going to, you're going to live your life. You're going to, you're going to live a good life. Only because I promise you, your, your father and I am not breaking my promise. Mm -hmm. But I want you to rest assured. That your son will not have this kingdom. This kingdom will be taken away. And the cause, I believe, this is when Ezekiel, I mean, Ecclesiastes was written, was starting to be written. When God come down, this, to me, this appears to be the third time, because remember, God already came down two times prior. Yep. And now this yep. is another time God coming down, saying, bro, 
See, I tell you, don't play with these cards. And what you do? You play with these cards. You understand what I saying? God, tell him that. God was like, bro, when, when, see, and that's the triple thing for me, bro. It, it ain't even like you had to read this. When God came to you and consecrate the temple, he said, yo, don't worship no other gods. You know what I mean? Solomon, when you was um dedicating the temple, you talk about us going to other gods, bro. You talk about what's going to happen. You talk about us getting taken away to foreign lands and farming. And you know, you know what this was going to bring. Mm-hmm. You know what this was going to bring, you know? And so I feel like one of the most applicable lessons in this story is for us to know that we can make a God out of self. We can make a God out of prosperity. We can make a God out of success, you know? And it's like, you know, it's like what Jesus say, like, it's, it's easier for a camel to get through the eye of the needle than for a rich man to get to heaven. Mm-hmm. See, see, it's like you have to relinquish, like, especially when you multiply and all of this, all of this, all of this money, you have to relinquish, relinquish some of the power that you give God, you know? Mm-hmm. But now you have, you relying more on the dollar, you know, and you see these things are proven. I'll pray to God, God, I, I, I don't know how I can pay my mortgage. The Lord will provide for me. Amen. But if I have a multi-million billion dollar scheme, I could make I can make the moves myself. I don't even have to, to, to contact God, right? And and my mortgage will be paid. So like the thing that you're looking for, it will um actually come to pass. But it's like now I don't have a reason. Theoretically, I wouldn't have a reason to put my faith in God. The more power we have, it's like my boy Wilfredo Montalvo. Um, shout out to Wilfredo. He's on the show. I think the episode before the Witch End. Uh, yeah. He have a song where he was saying, because he's a you know pastor and everything. He said, he said, don't you know when you say no, you're saying yes to something else. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And I always, I, I just, that, that, that really resonated with me. Like, I keep thinking about that because it's like, you're not just making one choice. You're making two choices. You're making the choice to go this way, but you're making a choice also not, not to go to, to the other way. Not yep. to go the other way. You know what I'm saying? And so Solomon made a choice to be all powerful and to show people how powerful he is, how powerful power and power and power. And, and that caused him to slowly pull away from God. And when he decided to pull away from God completely was when the devil decided to pull him in and to completely pull him in and pull him in and pull him in. And at the end, it was not worth it because God came and visited him and tell him, bro, you messed up, bro. And now there will be consequences for your actions. And to tie it all in, now that we have the full story of Solomon, Solomon was acting like a beast. Solomon was taxing people heavy. Solomon was doing everything. Bro, like when we talk about Deuteronomy 17, bro, all of the things that God told, told the kings not to do, Solomon did. Mm-hmm. Solomon was Solomon was acting like he was his own God, bro. I don't have to answer to you, God. Like, imagine if God right wrote in Deuteronomy, right? Like he um, you know, God Han wrote the Ten Commandments and then he gave Moses instructions, civil instructions. Imagine if God said, Hey, if your name is Nakaz Gay, I want you to do this, that, and the third. And he gave me like five things. And not only did I disobey them five things, I shot at them five. I didn't just break them. I shot at them. <laughs> oh, don't do that. Oh, I'm doing that big time. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, that, that should, it's like, you can't, I, I would not be able to argue that these were mistakes. These were intentional to show that I do not care about what you have to say. I can handle, bro, everything you're telling me I can't handle, I could handle. you telling me you know better than me, but you don't. I know better than you. You know, that's <coughs> action. You know, they say actions speak louder than words. Mm-hmm. That, is the, that is the message that Solomon's actions was given off. That he does not need God because he can instruct himself. He can take care of himself, right? And in the end, it ended up causing him the kingdom, you know, and it may, God forbid, but I hope not, but it may have caused him this salvation. Solomon broke the laws that a king should follow and the consequences followed as promised. Solomon had many wives, women of different nations, And in his old age, they turned his heart away from God. And as a result, more than 90% of his kingdom was stripped away.
But we'll talk more about that on the next episode of A Breath of of Fresh Air. Tonight's episode included voice acting by Ayana Albertson Gay, as well as your host, Nikaz Gay. Remember to go ahead and research on your own in order to get a more firm understanding of tonight's episode. And if you enjoyed it, make sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can follow us on social media at A Breath of Fresh Air Pod on Instagram and B O F A P O D on Twitter. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next week.